0: Welcome to the next episode of the Combined Effort Podcast. I'm joined today by an industry leader and a small business owner, Kyle Scarborough. But before we get to that, I got to thank my sponsors, Electro Savings Credit Union, where our business is your business. Check out their small business program at electrosavings.com. Also, feel a little down on energy, need to lose a couple pounds, want to improve your libido. National Rejuvenation Centers of St. Louis are here to help. Their doctors specialize in treating low hormone levels, make you feel young again schedule a consultation at nrcenters.com or give them a ring 314-764-2114. So as I mentioned before, we've got Kyle Scarborough here with us. Kyle, what's your position?
1: Uh, I'm a tattoo artist, an uh, illustrator, and a co-owner of the Washington Tattoo Collective in Washington, Missouri.
0: Gotcha. And so how long have you been in the tattoo biz?
1: I've been tattooing now I've been licensed since 2007, so I think it puts me about 12 years give or take.
0: Gotcha. About how many tattoos do you think you do a year?
1: i really kind of do about one a day everything i do is fortunately is larger work or large bodies of pieces sleeves and back pieces or or simply projects that will take a certain amount of time so i uh i tend to just when i book with a client they get the day uh it doesn't necessarily fill up the entire day of course uh very rarely does it go that to that extreme but it uh it's i want to be able to focus on that person that day that project and i spend those uh Days and you know, leading up to the to the project, getting ready for it, and then I spend all that morning for those few hours putting everything together, final things, and then I can devote that time to that customer. So, it's one, but it's usually it's, it's big work. It takes a lot of work. Um, I put more work into that than I would if I was doing a bunch of smaller pieces. So, hopefully, that makes sense.
0: Yeah. So, at this point, are you you know word of mouth? You're getting your own business coming
1: in. You don't have to do too much marketing on your own. Or, you I would know, say it's been that way for, for from the start. Honestly, I can say I have uh, I've never um spent a dime to uh, trying to wreck my brain but yeah i've never done anything as far as any kind of formal advertising yeah the the business really does run on that it runs on word of mouth it runs on well uh, the proof is out there if you see somebody with with the work uh that's Mm -hmm. i hear been hearing that for years that's really where it starts is um you know somebody a a tattoo might catch somebody's eye they might be out and about and ask where they got it from and it's it's easy as that of course uh it's, it's that way a lot but then to see that kind of grow into where somebody will be in a you know towns away mm-hmm. and the vast majority of people i work with are not even local actually they they really kind of come from all over
0: mm-hmm.
1: so somebody might have a story where they see something out and about um, far away and they either recognize it because they've seen it on social media which is another massive way of advertising uh, or um, that they simply recognize a style so when you start to sort of Get your product, in this case my artwork, into the public eye with as much frequency as you can, and that builds up over the years. Then that just kind of becomes ingrained, and I think people tend to they recognize that, and um, that's really the building blocks of putting together a, a client portfolio. Gotcha.
0: So hey, when we talked about your your kind of what your days look like, an average day for you, you know, what's the process? I call up Kyle or I call up the shop. Hey, I want to get a tattoo. What's the scheduling? What's the development of it? What's the, the actual inking time? Um, what what does that all look like?
1: Well, it's it's pretty simple, the initial approach. And I just tell anybody, just simple email. Uh, Scarborough Tattoo at Gmail. I've had that same uh, Gmail for uh, a very long time. And it really kind of starts there. Um, the only unfortunate downside to that is sometimes that, you know, I, in one hand, I'm extremely grateful. I get a lot of a lot of emails sometimes it can be a bit overwhelming um sometimes you know to kind of get back with everything excuse me get back with everyone uh as frequently as i would like to Mm -hmm. certainly i'm doing my best to kind of stay on top of that for people but the only other struggle beyond that can simply be i'll get asked to do things a lot that are just simply not uh, either in my wheelhouse as far as abilities it's not that any tattooer can cover everything there's certain uh, artistic styles that I'm simply not comfortable with, whether or not I could execute it is never the issue so much for me as whether or not I can execute it to the best of my ability.
0: You and if I feel like it. I can't,
1: yeah, I, I can't do it. I can't, if I, if I can't uh, approach that project with the kind of optimism, excitement, and trust that I will be able to give that person what they want, then I, I won't do it. And, uh, it. and the flip side of that is I begin to recommend uh, other artists around the city or around that person's hometown. Cause again, they don't, they're usually never just local mm-hmm. uh, that, that can certainly help them out. So, you know, it, the process starts there. It starts with simple email. We kind of, we, we go over the idea. Um, you know, I don't, uh, I, it seems rare. A lot of people kind of expect that I would want to meet them in person. It's so rare that I even need in-person consultations. Uh, mm-hmm. The style of work, and it really comes down to that. And a lot of that, that's where we're going to get off topic a bit, but styles kind of dictate how I approach things. Mm-hmm. And my style of things isn't necessarily the same design as you would require somebody who needs to lay out uh, your entire body part to design all these multiple elements. Usually what people approach me for things that I can know where it goes on a body, what body part we're going with. Um, and then I design from there. So it's pretty simple. So, so do emails you find, and then we, we book it.
0: Do you find yourself, if someone says, okay, do you find yourself more of, you know, I just want a tattoo. Great. Come in. Let's talk about what you want. Or is it, you find more people are coming in. All right, I want to do this, this, and this. And if they do come in that way, how many times is that the end product?
1: Say so that last question again, I'm sorry.
0: So if someone comes in and says, Hey dude, uh, you know, I want to, I want to do all this, you know, this is my idea and all that. And you get to talk into it with them. How, how many times does that, you know, original idea end up on their body?
1: Oh, well, yeah, I'd say pretty, pretty frequently. As far as if the project is greenlit, uh, as it were from my end of things, mm-hmm. I, uh, I will tend to you know, stay pretty true to that. Um, I kind of hear a lot of horror stories where maybe an artist wants to kind of do their own thing. Mm-hmm. Now, I understand that you're coming to me because you saw the work I did. And for whatever your reason may be as a customer, you've chosen me over whomever.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: As a result of that, I would like to think that what you know you're getting into is something that fits that style. You kind of have an idea of what the end result will be. So I kind of meet it halfway with that. I'll take your idea. And if there are any changes, they're very, uh, very rarely ever drastic. Um, case mm-hmm. in point, I was just doing some emails, and a gentleman wants to do uh, some wolves and you know a forest scene and all that. And the idea sounds good written out; it sounds good verbally. But when you actually execute a design like that as a piece, uh, the more you incorporate, the less detail you can do. And that really applies to what I do, which is mostly uh, realism, kind of photorealism uh, work. Mm-hmm. So. In that case, I simply said, well, you know, why don't we reduce this down a bit more? Let's let's zoom in on this idea a bit. Instead of being uh, two large land animals in a full scene, we're now we're going to get virtually zero detail. You're going to get a lot of silhouettes and shapes. What if we focused on one? What if we brought the the eye, the camera, as it were, closer to this animal? So now we can start getting not only details and fur and textures and patterns around eyes, but we can get textures in the nose and we can break down... How we interpret the textures through the ears, down through the fur, across the snout of the animal, through the teeth if it's showing, the wetness of the lips. All those things begin to come into play where I have to sometimes be a little assertive uh, creatively because actually I'm pretty passive and I don't like doing that sometimes. So if uh, if I have to say these things, it's not easy for me even after all these years of doing this because I don't want them to feel like I'm trying to strong on their idea. Ultimately, I have to say – I I've been doing this long enough to know what works, what doesn't work, what lasts, what won't. And also, the best of my artistic ability, as applied to your idea, will be this. And, you know, it's rarely ever happened. I don't know if it honestly ever has. But if I've had to come and say, this is what I would do, I think 99% of the time, people are always really receptive to that. Mm-hmm. Trust well, and, it. It's, it's, they usually trust me more than I trust myself. Yeah. So and they're, and they're coming out. to you
0: based on your reputation and when the work you've done and you've done a great job, building. Right. Um, the tattoo industry—you're seeing, you know, more people with sleeves. You're seeing it more accepted in different environments. What's the next five years look like in in your
1: industry? That's a good question. I don't know. Sometimes it's a—it can be equal parts exciting to think about and extremely scary. Mm-hmm. We lose when we gain. And that's kind of the, the cyclical nature of the business is gone. So the more popular that it has become, we see a lot of massive uh, pros in that. We see people able to not only treat this as a job, but truly a career and something that can grow into something bigger than just doing tattooing. Mm-hmm. Flip side of that is there are people who, of course, always say, well, it's never just tattooing, that they, they miss the smaller amount so that a lot of people romanticize and kind of miss what it used to be. And I get that. I truly do. Mm-hmm um so but with that and i think a lot of that anger and frustration from for the lack of better description old school people yeah uh i think we're without that kind of, and again i've been around these guys there's young people who have that same mentality and it's understandable there's a certain tradition that has been violated the business has become more mainstream we see it constantly it's, it's, as you just it's kinda kind noted.
0: of noted kind of the you know i saw them when they opened up for whoever and now they're you know plain enterprise center or something. Exactly.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, be, to have this kind of work, to have your body covered in tattoos, uh, yeah, it usually came with a certain negative connotation, but a lot of people, I think, were totally fine mm-hmm. with that. They don't mind so much what it came with, but it, it's what it meant. It's what it represented. It's the history, and it's the culture, and it's all those things. Mm-hmm. And when you see an uptick in business and a popularity boom, not only does that yield more people willing to wear the art so the business goes up, uh, gives a better opportunity for artists who may you know may have struggled if it wasn't as popular mm-hmm. as it was uh but also you're bringing a lot of people looking to take advantage and a lot of people who are attempting to do this and, as a job who have absolutely no right to do this probably at not. all and i don't it know why it might not is.
0: be best for the industry either you guys you have guys you know half in right that are you know looking for the cash on it and just not doing the, the industry itself justice
1: Hundred percent, and that that falls anywhere. That falls in uh, from the, t- the top to bottom. Not only just uh, with shops with poor artists with people who, for some reason, don't have a drawing skill in their bone in their body, but yet they think that they can do this as a career. A, I don't know why people think that, but it also results in people opening shops who have no business owning a business for some reason. It's seen as quick, easy cash and. Uh, it can be quick cash, but it doesn't mean that it's easy. And certainly, as anybody who ever owns a business knows, none of that, no one's, none of these are easy. It takes work. It takes effort. It takes education, know-how, and whatever the craft may be that you're doing or service you're providing. And if you have no idea what you're doing and you think you can just employ some people who have fooled you into thinking that they know what they're doing, the next thing you know, you just created yourself a money pit. But also, you just created more vultures to keep kind of attacking and, and, and stripping apart what's left of that industry a little bit and it can be hard to retain that uh, respect. And, you know, again, the bigger it gets, the more it's kind of warped people's perception. Mm -hmm. Um, There's been a lot of greats, but a lot of, a lot of bad things. I think TV has given people this idea that you should be able to walk in to any shop, uh, request your project. People I throw on the word sleeves and they have zero uh, intent of getting a sleeve done, but it's, it sounds good at first, right? It sounds like a good idea to begin with. And then they're shocked to find out that there is planning, that there is time spent on cultivating ideas, images, design work, illustrating, stenciling, all the stuff that could go into whatever the idea may be. People don't realize that there's a wait period a lot of times. Usually, if the artist is worth the time, it's going to take to you know you want to sit down and spend that uh, spend your money with somebody. You want somebody that's good at what mm-hmm. they do. More often than not, those people who are truly good at what they do and have longevity. You're going to wait. You're going to wait to get on their books with them for a little bit. Some people don't book out far on purpose. Some people just let it keep up. But either way, you're going to wait for it. So people have this idea you walk in, buy a sleeve, and you <laughs> walk out five minutes later, and you have most of it it's applied, like it's, and it's insanity. It's like you're
0: pulling it off the rack at a store. Uh, just, all right, here's my sleeve.
1: Yeah, yeah. And anyone here should do it because I watch a TV show where if you're truly good at your job, you can do everything. And I don't know what insane approach to this business people started taking by looking at it that way i don't think we do it to any other business Uh, i i don't know why it's just this one Uh, i'm sure there are there's got to be others i mean i hair stylists uh barbers uh, salon owners that's a pretty strong parallel to tattooing i've found out over the years Mm -hmm. and one of those things i think that's another example where i will say i see it is people will kind of say you know you know they walk into that stylist that barber what have you and you know, they they think we kind of wield magic wands and they request things that are just not at all possible. And uh, yeah, yeah. And, but, you know, why not? You know, you see these uh, elaborate, extravagant TV shows that glamorize this mm-hmm. um, business a bit more, becomes very artificial. And as a result, people sort of think that it's just a giant party. It's easy money. You get what you want. And uh, it's, uh, it's not it's never quite the truth. Yeah. So. You know where where it goes, where it changes. I think it'll keep seeing a big. You know, it's it's open, it's accepted. I don't think we'll ever revert from that. So luckily, the positive is the business will be sustainable. I think people it's it's garnering more respect, and I think really that's what it comes mm-hmm. down to. If it's overexposed, if a lot of people are getting tattoos, and we lose that mystique that only the cool bikers and sailors and so forth had mm-hmm. tattoos, and they're mysterious yeah we're losing that i'd say we've already pretty much lost it Uh, i'm seeing 18 year old kids with a throats tattoo don't have another tattoo in their body that blows my mind that's where i do get a little old school with it it's like what kind of poser nonsense is that you only have your fists and your throat tattooed i don't know who you're fooling (laughs) but uh hey you know what i mean if they if as long as if they're spending their hard-earned money that's their american right do whatever you want and uh hopefully just hopefully give them the right education that they're picking the right artist for that job and at the very least we can cut down on the amount of poor work being put out there. And instead of worrying about everyone needing to cover up old, poor tattoos, we fun, educated, uh, projects that, uh, benefit everyone for the long term. So
0: hope, gotcha. that's, that's what the hope is for sure. So moving out of your industry, let's, let's learn more about you. Um, besides the tattoo game, well, what else are you dedicated to? Where
1: else can we find you? Uh, home. I'm a, I'm a I'm a husband and a father. I don't get much more exciting than that. Unfortunately, um, you know, uh, even for years, you know, if I had, uh, you know, other passions and, you know, as you already know, uh, you know, local uh, soccer and, and mm-hmm. uh, was a was a massive one. I only say was because this business, uh, uh, owning the business and putting a lot of time and effort into that, plus three kids. It's just, you know, the focus kind of got shifted and felt a bit. Um, I just didn't, you know, don't, don't do the going out much. Mm-hmm. Getting older. I don't know. Maybe I'm boring. <laughs> But uh you know I'm I I work I do this and I work hard for this for my family and that's what I want to do. That's so when awesome I go man. home and, uh we're watching you know we watch movies and read books and I got you know everyone from 12 year olds down to uh toddler. So um yeah it's that's, fun that's, that's it that's It's being a dad. That's
0: awesome man and good for you keeping the family tight like that. That was going to be my next question. I mean are you books, podcasts, audiobooks, TV, what what's your go to? What's your Go
1: to on it yeah i think that's that's what i get to do that's where a little bit of the me time comes into play that i do take for myself as little moments Is uh you know obviously just drawing mm-hmm. and i you know i still always draw because luckily for me uh while it certainly has its ups and downs just drawing just just the act of executing artwork is still just as exciting for me to do now at 38 as it was at um apparently three which is uh, what i was told when i started doing wow this so let me get yeah yeah man it uh, really has been but that's all my life it's that's my that's my that's my that's my response to downtime that's what can i do is usually is, is just try to draw and um but uh, you know other than that i'm still a big nerd still love my comic books what's your, but you know my wife and i like to read what's your and, favorite um, comic what uh well my favorite comic character of all time is always going to be mm-hmm. batman that's always been there Uh, That was my first love, my first comic love as a kid, and it still is. And I think people are probably pretty tired of when I do get a chance to doodle something. Batman. Yeah, most of the time it's going to be Batman related. It's going to be the Joker. It's going to be those Robes Gallery villains, and it's always, but it's fun. It's escapist, and it's uh, you know, now it's it's pretty nuts. As anybody who's of a certain age uh, has now grown up and watched this massive boom and uptick in what we see in TV and Mm -hmm. movies with these characters that used to be kind of looked down upon a bit. I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to sell it that I'm so old. I remember how I'm not, but I, but I do remember uh, even being in elementary school uh, in the eighties where if you were a comic fan, you were a nerd, a nerd, the word wasn't, it didn't have that uh, cool yeah. vibe that it does these days. You kind of got picked on. And um, so to see where it all that is now, um, it, it's pretty phenomenal to mm-hmm. kind of see the acceptance. So what's funny is that can I consider and read, uh, certain comics, and I can pass those down to my kids or, or shows and, and so forth. And now we get to experience it on the big screen and whatnot. And um, while that certainly isn't my entire life, but that's that's where mm-hmm. I started and that's what I drew as a kid. So a lot is it's very full circle. Uh, but other than that, you know, and you don't get a whole lot of time for a lot of things. We, you know, the wife and I don't really have a lot of. Uh, go-to mm. stuff because, you know, she's certainly busy, um, as well as myself. But, you know, once we do the kid thing and we get to have those little moments, if we're not reading, we're usually just always finding movies. I'm as a, as a movie nerd, so I can always, uh, I could always entertain myself and, uh, and still can. So that's, that's about it. I keep her pretty, Very pretty simple.
0: chill. Cal, what was the best moment in your career?
1: Oh, best moment. I mean, well, you know, there are things I've accomplished, that have been pretty amazing, uh, for me. That's something that is still pretty, you know, it's cool. And I get to always kind of say, you know, that, that was neat. And I did that. And my first ever experience, um, with a tattoo convention was incredible and overwhelming at the same time. And it was a local show we used to have a show around St. Louis, uh, called the old school expo. And I always heard about it. And when I started in the tattooing, I felt like there's, uh, you know, i didn't i didn't know what it was quite yet but i always assumed that man if you that those things are amazing that'd be some kind of tattooing and uh it, it, i will say the old school at one point in time did have a quite a name and it did have some pretty big major players come through but as a new you know apprentice is as, as a young artist who's trying to get into this business i always thought how amazing it would be to be at one of those shows to be working one of those shows and And a lot of those shows come with a certain acknowledgement and there's uh, competitions. Mm -hmm. And in those competitions, there's based off of different scopes and scale of designs. And, you know, and the big one of the day is the tattoo of the day, which is any tattoo that was performed at the show. And these shows will have uh, usually an over 100 artists. And the idea behind it being you're getting sort of a a group of, of high quality artists from across the globe. Or at least locally, at least a good stretch of people. So, if you as a customer who would like to go get tattooed by so and so who lives in a faraway state there's your opportunity. Or don't have any intention, there's your opportunity to go get work by them. So it's a, it's a chance to kind of uh, get that time with that with that artist, and you know, it could be kind of a cool experience for people. And they could get to, they can collect from people all across the country, and may never have to actually leave their home their own town. And along with the competitions, that, that acknowledgement that you did the best tattoo of all those great tattooers. And uh, so I always had these goals and I used to have this weird uh, it's kind of its kind of lame, but it's fun, but it's, I'm being honest, is this uh, sort of fantasy when I was, remember I, I didn't have a license yet and I thought, wouldn't it be amazing if one day I could be acknowledged as the best tattoo entire room of caliber artists. Mm-hmm. And so I've been able to do that. I mean, my first time I ever won a tattoo of the day, I thought, oh, this is amazing. And then Know, accumulated a few of those but to the question directly as far as those kind of things it was 2000 i believe it was 12 um there's it's a three-day events conventions friday through sundays and um you know i was still pretty young in business at that time and had taken that tattoo of the day at the at this old school expo all three days and ultimately won the best of show too so it was a sweep and it was the it was the first time that it had happened at that show and when you're young and just, I have uh, still very full of that sort of optimism. I was very excited that that to me was such an honor to get, and I can safely say, um, I swear it on all things I love in this world, that it was never a matter of uh, boosting an ego or anything. I, I never felt, um, never felt anything like that. It was just sort of a, a validation in, in a business where it's subjective there is no really right or wrong. Um, there's no yes or no. Our art is funny that way. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, as we know, there can be a, a, a band that we think is atrocious, but for some reason, it's massively popular. Can't mm-hmm. figure that out. But it is what it is. Who's It's not for me to say that it's good or bad. So, uh, But it's a subjective thing. So to have your peers, and that was the other uh, side of it. The, the judges, the people who make these calls, mm-hmm. are your peers. You Usually, there are people who are in, a, in that position that, um you know, they have some worth their opinion carries some weight and you know it's not always that case Uh, and i'm not speaking for every convention Mm -hmm. i hope nobody takes me wrong there but i am saying that that's what you want and that's what you want to believe and you know then as you you get past that a little bit you realize that's not the end all be all and that's just it's a way to kind of you know it looks really good for the customers as we in the business when we see each other if we accomplish something it's we don't necessarily go crazy about it anymore, but when you're young, it's something yeah. and it, it, it's, it kind of puts your name out there a little bit. So I think that was from a business standpoint, that was incredible yeah, for I business. Mean, that was incredible just to, to met my name a little bit dude. more that's in a scene. Yeah, it was exciting. Um, but, hey, you know, beyond that though, the, 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 moments, man, I've gotten a tattoo really neat mm-hmm. people. I've gotten, um, you know, recently got to work with, uh, uh, Bray Wyatt of the WWE years back, I was able to tattoo and work with Randy Orton. Um, very obviously a wrestling kick North I'm a wrestling, County wrestling guy. fan, so it all kind of worked out. But yeah, yeah, man. Uh, you know, super awesome guy. And just uh, and I myself am actually from North County yeah, originally. So that. we kind of got to share. Yeah, yeah. Uh, from Baronda, Delwood. West Florissant. Uh, right off West Florissant, yeah. yeah. Neighbors, so much. Riverview. Yeah. yeah, man. So we, we got to kind of catch up and kind of, you know, talk about these old spots around the city and stuff. But, you know, obviously we're, pretty close i think he's about a year old he's about th- these days i think randy's about 39 mm-hmm. so you you experience life at the same sort of pace and time and that was pretty neat and then the other one which i don't i was just in awe of the stories and i didn't really appreciate it as much as i should have but i uh, was able to tattoo a couple years before he passed but uh todd you really? um former um yeah blues enforcer we came out and did a big uh night um like a knight normer i'm kind of blanking on the whole design but it was a maybe there's some like it was a family crest related mm-hmm. kind of thing but todd came in um did the big piece on his back the guy was amazing to talk to he would just he'd tell you anything he asked and it just became a really fun moment mm-hmm. when you got to kind of uh to open up about that um i had a a guy in the shop who was uh he was in his mid-40s at the time so he was kind of good watching those uh, games in the '80s and stuff, and you know, he asked him. He goes, uh, "He goes, man. He goes, right away. He goes, you, you know, you one punch ko. Uh, uh, was a Bob Hoover, yeah. right? And um, and uh, I was like, yeah, man, it's on YouTube. Look, and he's he's telling <laughs> us where to look it up and pull it up, and he's like narrating the whole thing. So you stop in these moments. You're like, what a goofy job where I get to draw <laughs> pictures for a living and I'm tattooing this, you know, Dude, uh, that well, legend Prober. in the sense of for the fans." Right. And he's just over there just like, yeah, dude, I just, I knocked his ass out one shot and he's like telling you where in the video to watch and stuff. And he's showing <laughs> you his, 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 hands on the knuckles or dust. And it's like, what is my life right that's now? Awesome. So it was, uh, it's an amazing experience. So those are memories, you know, and I think that's what I get to take away from it more than the rest of it. But I get to, uh, I get to remember those yeah. things. That's I know awesome. you've been
0: doing this, you know, drum since you're three is, was there any point where you doubted your career choice?
1: Uh, you know, I can. I, I. don't think I ever doubted it. I think. Man, I think for me it was. It was the scary part. It felt selfish. Um, when I made the decision, to approach this, you know, again, I, you know, I did art all my life. Uh, you know, I had a scholarship to college, uh, full ride after high school. You know, it was all sort of. Uh, I was letting things kind of play out. I wasn't really doing anything, because I didn't know what to do. And with if your skill is essentially drawing these kind of comic booky characters and in ink mm-hmm. on paper, you're hard-pressed even today, and it, as it was then, to find a career path with that. And I never knew what I was going to mm-hmm. do. And it's very rare you find working artists, you know, um, ink-to-paper kind of artists. Uh, most jobs seem to be in marketing Um the knowledge of a lot of computer program software. I don't know anything junk. Everything I did was on paper and I certainly didn't want to go in marketing Mm -hmm. where my job that day is to try to sell the public on a new, you know, I don't care less about that kind of stuff. That's not art to me. That's just, uh, that's, that's, there's no fun. That's, uh, I might as well work in a factory. Uh, it would have been the same for me to do that. So I didn't know what I was going to do. And then it was kind of just hovering for a while and it's kind of working a lot of different jobs because I just equal parts knew that I, this wasn't what I'm supposed to be doing, but also I don't know what mm-hmm. to do. Um, tattooing was always something that enamored me. I was excited about it, but I didn't know what you could do until I gained exposure to what real artists were doing with the medium. I have blown away. I thought I didn't know you could do that uh on skin you can do that with needles like I, it, it was nuts and I, that's what really kind of made me go wait what am not I do that I didn't think I don't know why it was its own thing tattooing was its own realm and I didn't exist in it and there was no way I could maybe get one one day but I couldn't be in that world. I don't know why I had this weird disconnect <laughs> but uh, at, at some point something clicked and I said I could get in that so I just knew that I had to stay I had to trust Whatever ability I had, I had to trust that and say, "Well, this is a new medium. I have to figure out how to apply the same artistic design that I can do here. I need to be able to execute it with this equipment, this crazy equipment that is powered by electricity and, and has sharp objects. and you're, It's not paper anymore; it's a human being, and it's living and breathing. and It all sounds very over, over the mm-hmm. top, but realize that it's it's such a shift." when you attempt to get into this, that they're just like, whoa, this is not at all like what you thought it'd be. So it was a big learning curve. So I never, I never had a doubt so much is just, I was very scared of what if I made the wrong decision based solely on, I didn't know what to expect. Mm-hmm. And because the job, as much as it might be about a skill, it's just as much about how you get your name out there and how you, you know, why should somebody pass up all those other people to come mm-hmm. to you? And that was something I had to begin to kind of figure out. And so it, uh, there were scary moments But I I don't, um, once I, you know, my, uh, I was was scared, mostly too, because my first daughter was, was Mm -hmm. newborn and I felt very selfish in taking on this career choice that I leave a job that it was, you know, good wages, a good salary. It had benefits. I'm leaving that with a baby at home to pursue what felt like a very selfish dream because, it's not something that you know. It's kind of like saying, "Well, I'm giving up everything to go pursue my. Uh, I'm going to move to Nashville and become a. Yeah, good, yeah. good. luck. There's not many people who pull that off, and so you, no one's really super supportive. I don't think uh, I had supportive mm-hmm. people, but like in a very cautious way. Like, well, good you luck. Know, that should yeah. work out, but but what are you going to do if it doesn't? Like, wow, I don't, you know, let's not Thanks. worry about the backup plan. So scary. So but, you've mentioned, I knew you I mentioned uh, you
0: mentioned you worked a bunch of different jobs. You weren't you know passionate about. What what job did you work not in your industry that has helped you in your industry?
1: <laughs> I think all of them. All of them. I hated the majority of the jobs I had, and I uh-huh. had a lot. Like It's embarrassing. I had a lot. Uh, just because I had no attention span. And I felt bad. I felt bad for people that employed <laughs> me because I would initially, I would try really hard. But after a while, just doing anything monotonous or anything that doesn't hold my interest. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that yeah. sucked. And, you know, in hindsight now, if, if I was in that same position with my family, I, mm-hmm. I'd do it. But I didn't have that. I didn't have that hanging over my head as far as my own, you know, I had no real responsibilities. I was mm-hmm. young. I had, uh, so it's real easy to kind of make selfish choices. But uh, I definitely knew every time I changed jobs, and I had to start over and go through the process and relearn this new job and the new people and then the customers. I realized I didn't want to mm-hmm. do this anymore. I don't want to, if I learn anything, it's that I don't want to do anything that makes me unhappy. I, I have to be able to find something I can be passionate about. And there's plenty of things I can be passionate about beyond being, you know, a tattoo artist. But I, I, I took that a lot. Like I, I I have to be, uh, I got to find something that I love. Mm-hmm. And I think we're raised to hear that, you know, yeah. do what you love and all that kind of, that's a great idea. But really the biggest thing is, look, you can do what you love all you want. Is what you love going to pay the bills? And that's what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. So that was certainly a start there. And then, um, I, well, actually, funny, I, one of those numerous jobs I had was I actually used to work in corrections. Mm-hmm. Um, it, that fell back. That was a weird, weird little spell. That was uh, that was me needing a job really bad at a young age. And uh, long story short, somebody I knew suggested it. And I was stunned that you had to have zero formal training of any kind as an officer, uh, any kind of physical. You know, they're hiring 18 year old kids and putting them in jails full of, you know, men and women who've, uh, who've got some pretty violent <laughs> rap sheets mm. and you know like what, are the, what a great so what are you learning? Are you going to learn how to go in there and be tough? No, you're going to learn how to watch what you say <laughs> and you're going to really learn how to um, conduct yourself, how to treat others with respect, how to Get that respect back for yourself and that other person by not being a, a complete jerk, and it's really about communicative and people skills. You know, it, it really you're forced to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's what you got. So I'd say probably that too. I think I've always had a I don't know. It's easy for me to kind of communicate with folks, and I think that makes it easy because I hear some horror stories yeah. how tattoo artists can be. But you know, it's um. Just people gotcha. and everyone's different. That's going to be fun. Yeah. Um, you mentioned, you
0: know, speaking to other people, I'm going to ask you to speak to yourself. I'm going to ask you to write three sticky notes, just short phrases that you you would say to yourself. The first one's going to be, what would you say to yourself when you started
1: in this industry? I think it's pretty easy. I think I honestly, it's just as simple as believing yourself and it's, it's kind of trite and obvious, but I've never really had the, uh, never had, you know, I don't really had much of an ego as far as saying that I, I could never i never walked into this career and just had this idea like oh, i'm gonna crush mm-hmm. it that, that you know i wish i did i think that while that would be a little off-putting and you know, i don't i don't much care for people who talk mm-hmm. like that but
0: it you got uh, it more to it, enjoy man it would
1: have yeah well it, i knew that i wanted to be successful i knew that i wanted this to I wasn't playing around that I wanted this to truly be where I cement whoever I am in my working life and that's that's why I can look I want to be able to say when I look back and say that I lived as my job how I supported my family how whatever mark I left behind it was an art and it was you know so but it's uh it would have been a little bit easier I think just is to have a little bit more confidence just to say you know trust trust in who you are trust where you have come from you've you know you learn from those mistakes whatever they've been and know and have confidence that whatever you're about ready to do you can as long as you do it the right way and you conduct yourself the right way and you know it can lead you to to, to greater things so i would have, it would have lessened the burden a little bit lessened the anxiety i think if i could have and had a little bit more self-confidence when i started what would you say to
0: yourself in in your biggest moment of doubt where maybe you know this this tattoo thing's not working
1: out for you Yeah, well that was my baby that was my newborn it was um any doubts that i had that said you know this may or may not work. I would have people come up and say, "Hey, you know, I want to get work done. How far booked out are you?" And I was like, "Oh, I can get you in tomorrow." <laughs> they thought I was insane. Well, people well, were like, "What? Like, how do you not like book?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Thank you, thankfully. But uh, at the time, the, I had people responding that way, which I thought well, it was very mm-hmm. nice. It was certainly very nice to hear, like, "Thank you for thinking so highly." But I also thought, "What am I doing wrong? Mm-hmm. I don't. What, what? am I doing wrong that, if, that a lot of people think this of me and that I would be? I, I'm. I'm not figuring it out." And luckily, I certainly knew that it was never just about, you know, the hustle. It wasn't just about the sell yourself, you know, uh, all the spend money in a bunch of advertisements and kind of play this character. And uh, A lot of uh, people do that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, it was really about just, no, just keep your head down, keep working hard and ultimately keep focusing on getting yourself better. Everything else will kind of fall into play. Because when I started tattooing, I was, you know, I was dead broke. There's no money it was a very difficult road. You want to talk about, like I said, what at the job I left and I got a baby at home and now I'm bringing home Mm -hmm. nothing. And now we're struggling. Now bills, you know, things are getting turned off. It's like, how far do you keep going with this before you go? Okay. Now I really feel stupid. Now I really feel like i made a selfish decision. Now I really need to turn this around, but I had to just kind of keep convincing myself that, you know, you're not failing because you're not good enough. You're, you're, you're not there yet for whatever the reason may be. Um, I'm not, I may not know what that reason is yet, but as long as I keep working hard, I'll figure it out. So that's really what it what it was, was that I had people that relied on me. I had that baby that needed me. And while I knew, you know, this I could have always, I guess, gone to find some other nine to five somewhere. It was kind of once you devote your time into that, it was already not only just the time, but the amount of sacrifices. I didn't want to know that I wasted a year of uh, getting virtually no sleep during an apprenticeship where I had to keep a, uh, an eight hour third shift mm-hmm. job. Uh, the drive home for an hour, sleep a little bit, drive out to a shop for an hour and sit there all day long and be an apprentice. And I did that virtually every day. So that became uh, you know, you sacrifice a lot, you put a lot mm-hmm. into it. And, um, I knew that's I uh, I couldn't give that up. I, I wasn't going to give that up until I knew for sure that it wasn't going to work. And um, God. when you have someone else count on you, it's, it's it a big deal.
0: Uh, what would you want to say to yourself in 10 years?
1: at this point now i mean if you would ask me that then i'm curious my answer would have been uh, if you now it's it's a matter of what else can i do because the i love tattooing but before tattooing i was always just an artist i was always an illustrator um and i've gotten to i did a lot of that before tattooing i was kind of freelance stuff you know, kind of on the side mm-hmm. and had got to design certain things and create for people. And, you know, it was who just said, Hey, we like your art. I want to pay for that. And that's a, that's a rarity. You know, it's like, how can I keep going to where people want what I do versus you work for someone else and you do what they mm-hmm. want. You know what I mean? It's like the marketing mm-hmm. thing. That's like, I, I couldn't do that, but I've, I've been able to just do a lot of fun stuff beyond tattooing along with all mm-hmm. the great things like tattoos brought. And I just, oh well, you know, even now with the, getting the contract with our world wrestling entertainment, and getting to be creative in the design aspect outside of tattooing that the company reaches out and says, Hey, we need this. And we think that it would fit your art style. So can you create something along these lines? So where that's kind of started, then there's other things that I've done that aren't in the public eye yet that, uh, that I'm excited to see happen, but that's well above my paper. (laughs) I, they, they, they ask me to do it, I do it, and then I'm um, legally required to shut up until it, it shows up. So I, I have no idea when those things will happen. Yeah, but, we're not trying to break any scoops know, here, um, so don't worry. <laughs> oh no, yeah. I, I, <clears throat> even then, I don't think that'd be a very exciting to Be the most boring <laughs> scoops, I think. Uh, guy tells about pictures he drew. Like that's really that'll that'll, that'll pop some visitors. Yeah, I think you know. Then uh, well, there's a, a second shift brewing. And uh, which is, I'm so glad to see and to know where they've come mm-hmm. from, um, Steve and Libby Kreider, and to see what they've been able to continue to build. And to know, you know, I remember certain things that Libby said to me over the years that my involvement with the company was was a, a, a big help, beer labels, uh, help right? anyway. How big? Yeah, there for quite a while. I was every, they, they put out a lot of different labels, a lot of different types of beers, and each beer came with a different label. And I got to just have a blast doing the goofiest nonsense because that was kind of half the fun. I, along with illustrations and tattooing and comic work and something that's highly detailed. I love uh, cartooning Mm -hmm. and, you know, grew up with the Calvin and Hobbes and all that and Sunday morning cartoons. And I used to collect a lot of that newsprint cartoon stuff. I used to love the look of that. I always thought maybe I would do that for a Mm -hmm. living. So to kind of be able to have fun and be really loose, and have some insane idea based off of an even crazier name for a product that Uh, steve steve would bring out um you know it it made it made it easy and it's a job and you're getting paid to do it i mean uh, that's kind of that's the that's a dream right there so you get to have fun i get to do all these things so you know back to what would i say to myself what else can i keep doing i just want to keep i want to keep doing keep being creative for stuff i want to keep doing things to where i can um i don't get to just preach at my kids hey follow your dreams or you know the, do the thing you love to do i can say hey you know i get to be an example for that and I, that's a, that's i get the biggest mm-hmm. kick out of that is uh they could care less don't get me wrong my, my kids do not think that i'm cool whatsoever uh you could have the television set on and i could point to it and say see that right i did and they, they're like oh, that's neat and They're right back to their tablets i'm i'm a nobody in my house <laughs> so it's pretty it's humbling yeah. it uh definitely reminds me that you ain't nothing man and um so it's it's good stuff but uh I want to. I want to see how far it goes. I'm. I'm never just. I'm never just done. Mm-hmm. You know what I got to do so far. I think maybe a lot of people would be like, "Oh, man, I really accomplished something." Like, no, I'm, it's, I'm appreciative. Yeah. I'm extremely appreciative of whatever. But what well, where else can this go? So,
0: if you could ask a question to anyone living or dead, what would it be?
1: Man, you can come up with so many answers for that. I can, but you know, it's my gut response to that question is simply just it's, It was my grandpa. It was my dad's dad. He, you know a lot of us have stories similar i think but um you know he was he was an example still is um when i think about how i conduct myself um as a dad as a husband as a professional there are a small handful of of men that who's a i always kind of it goes through my head what would they have thought what would they think and you know grandpa was number one and just you know he's a a veteran, heart of gold, family didn't have anything. He kept everybody together, just one of those blue-collar-to-the-bone, old-school men from the South, the sweetest person in the world. And just, you know, we, he was an example. And also, I've, he would always go through my head with everything I did, no matter what it was, big and small, schoolwork, not just with my business, but since I was a kid, just what, um, what would he have thought? So I, I think just the easy answer to that really is just I just want to know that he was proud. That would be something. So that's, uh, you know, his picture hangs in my shop. It said something that's important to me. So that's, that's always a focus. Yeah, too.
0: it's, that's, that's pretty cool. And I, I know I've lost my dad, lost my grandpa in the same boat. Yeah. Um, what product mm-hmm. or service did you think of first? That's now a big thing.
1: No, I, I, I never thought of nothing clever. I'm not that smart. I will say it's kind of funny. Uh, it's not so much a product <clears> or service. There was a, an approach to tattooing because my, my teaching, my apprentice my apprenticeship, my mentor in that uh, endeavor was pretty, pretty terrible. Mm-hmm. I, I I learned a lot of what not no to keys. do. Uh, it's like, what did you learn? Oh, yeah, it was atrocious. But I knew that. And uh, maybe that, that reflects poorly on me. And a lot of people maybe frown on that. I just knew I wanted in. Mm-hmm. And I knew I had to get a foot in somewhere. And nowadays, it's pretty easy. Not not well easy, but it's it's uh, to approach the process of getting an apprenticeship these mm-hmm. days, especially what it used to be, even well before I ever started was something i mean you got put through the ringer you got pretty abused verbally you got treated like you had to earn it you had to kind of keep it like like boot camp Mm -hmm. stuff you you took some crap from these people if not things that were downright you know frowned upon you know in our society today it's you know what you did to earn that spot was pretty hardcore um i didn't go through that but what i did uh I, i it was still very well, we're not, we don't want to let anybody into this business. It's was a very protected kind of business. Again, the kind of protection that we're not seeing anymore because of the popularity, but I digress mm-hmm. where it was still very sort of, we're got to be really mindful of who gets brought in here. Mm-hmm. And so I had to kind of earn it. And I said, well, let's give me a chance to earn that. And so I did. And, but I learned pretty quick that I'm like, well, this guy might come from a standpoint of this old school ideology, or he was, taught a certain way but he doesn't have any skill here and i'm seeing a lot of mistakes being made so for me i thought well i just need to get in the door i need to get acclimated to the equipment i need to learn certainly whatever i can uh but i was also learning like that nope don't do that anymore because that's that's a big no-no so it was uh yeah it was a lot of very trial by error uh but again going back to the confidence i had to say well you'll get this figured out because the artistic side the the end result will get to where you need it to be. Eventually you just got to keep working on it. So it was, um, and I thought during that process, because I did not have any real proper training, there was a lot, there was just no, I had nothing. Mm-hmm. I was kind of figuring it out. And part of that figuring it out process was this method uh, in any comic or any illustrator that heard the phrase. And you might know it too. It was called line mm-hmm. weight, line weight. As I used to watch all these, uh, how to draw comics to Marvel way and Stan Lee and John B. and all that stuff growing up. Those my, those are my introductions in how to draw anatomy was how to draw, how to draw Captain America. Mm-hmm. Thing was so based around that and they would always talk about to make an image pop, you know, you make the exterior of the image the line weight really bold the rest of the image is fun. I'll never forget it's embarrassing because I told this to so many other tattoos. I should probably keep it to myself. <laughs> They're like, you're an idiot. I'm like, I know, I'm fully aware, uh, which is, <laughs> I thought that I invented or came up with this concept of adding line weight to tattooing that I thought when I went to do whatever the design may be um you know let's uh let's say it's a a character a face amidst a bunch of flowers i don't know what i'm talking i'm making Uh this up but if i want to make sure that that face that central image really pops in the rest of it i'll make sure that the outline around is nice and bold and it just separates itself i thought oh i thought i had this that works in comics i bet it works in (laughs) tattooing and i picked up a a very famous book now a lot of tattooers have been have gone through it uh actually it's um His name uh, Guy Uh Aitchison, legendary tattoo artist. He uh, just – one of the godfathers, the the biomechanical style, it's his thing anyway – huge name and he was one of the guys back when to release and kind of sell They kind of came out as books like binders like the papers inside like this uh, this three ring binder you would buy and it was all like the the secrets of tattooing it was just kind of like finding the jedi scrolls like you had no business having this but like <laughs> it you had to go into it and really approach it like man this is some knowledge and it was it was just packed with knowledge and i'll never forget flipping through it and seeing where he's like and to really get a nice bold line you can simply make jaw do tightly instead of pulling a line Make tight circles, and it creates a boulder line and i thought oh yeah that's that's what I was already that's what <laughs> and I, I, I bought was doing. this book for nothing. I thought I really came up with something dope <laughs> and amazing. It turns out that uh, this genius has already been telling people to do this forever now, <laughs> and um I'm living in my closet, a little small unexposed existence in this small town tattoo shop where I have no, I have no visibility to the rest of the world. The internet wasn't what it is yet. You know, the, all you really had was tattoo magazines and that was always pretty select. So yeah, that's uh, that's my one invention mm-hmm. is, uh, is a uh, being an idiot. So <laughs> I don't think you invented that. Um, no, <laughs> who are three people? No, that is special.
0: Yeah. Uh, who are three people you think I should interview next?
1: Oh, well, shoot, top of my head. I mean, you know, I know you work with them. Obviously, I'm out here. You're not just a St. Louis. But, um, you know, I think about just people around that I've gotten to know. Of course, obviously, second shift. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I'm always a big defender. Not that I don't need to be a defender. They still don't need my defense. They have plenty of uh, support and fans. But, Delicious. Uh, I like – I'll get uh, – I'll get. yeah, it is. I'll get I'll – get, people kind of always have, like, the best stuff list. Oh, they've got to go to this beer and you got to go do that. Um, and I'm not names because I'm it's so good out of that the, the craft beer movement that I'm not anyone uh, I, my opinion doesn't hold any weight I wouldn't even know what's cool anymore but I do know that when you know there's certain people out there they can release and I hear the prices on this stuff and I always think to myself you're paying that much for beer mm-hmm. Like it's beer man like, it's just beer I don't know why you're going to this special ticketed event release parties on like it's beer like go to the store and buy that's where I can appreciate the uh, craft beers but i couldn't understand the the insanity behind it anyway the point i'm making is is that i would always kind of talk to steve and i was like why don't you do this stuff Mm -hmm. why don't you make a limited release he goes because it's beer it's supposed to be (laughs) drank and i thought god bless you i mean he could be the type of person who will be as pretentious as it gets and cater to that crowd and he could upcharge He goes, i don't know how the hell people are getting away with charging this much for a bottle of beer it's a bottle of beer I said, well, if you don't know, I don't know. I'm just here to draw you. <laughs> You're the mad scientist, man. Like you gotta know this stuff more than I do. But he uh he never wanted to be that person. So I'll always have his back like that that is the most just honest and for better or for worse, just, just blunt, honest, real people who is in a position that he could have at any point in time ran with this and get. you know but most humble people, just a hard working person and it's, it's it's proof of again you keep your head down you just keep doing what you love and you're passionate about. And eventually it'll, you know, you'll find great success with it. And uh, Steve's one of them. And, and, you know, and Libby too, his wife who has been on and really the, that ship righted itself a little bit more with her guidance too. Mm -hmm. So it's not to say that she's, she's uh, she's just as much. So Steve and Libby at second shift are massive Uh, big clothing company out of St. Louis. And I tattooed the the owner, uh, Aaron at uh, arch apparel, Mm -hmm is uh is an awesome to see them guy. just see the stories we've you're starting to see huh. them
0: a little bit more everywhere too
1: yeah i think i'm kind of stunned i mean i'm seeing him really pop up a lot more and i was kind of when i first met even just from first meeting him uh till now i think there's been a massive i'm seeing a bigger upswing in what he's doing he's already you know i had a kind of a little niche market there for a bit but he's he's uh you know, he's Australian and I meet him and I went, you're the guy that runs arch apparel. I was like, okay, <laughs> you know, uh, you're not from around here, you know, and, and, uh, but I think for a lot of people, I think what could be appreciated, especially around the city is at least this idea that, you know, you're, you're investing into the city. You know, what's, look, what's one easy way to, to not easy, but what's one way to assist and help your community is to, in, is to invest in that community and to be a part of that community. And that's what will uh, grow that community. Get it out of a rut and see these things all across the country, but that's something where this guy said, you know, he's wanting to plant his feet right mm-hmm. there in the city. You know, he fell in love with St. Louis, and while I'm not a city guy, uh, you know, I, I respect anybody who is going to put that much time and effort back into their community. Uh, you know, I'm fortunate that even out here, you know, we've done, you know, we've done a lot of things with the community out here just from the, from the shop. And, you know, I'm not proud of it in the sense of looking at what I've done because I don't really talk about it much, but I get to know that we invested that back. And that's what I think what he does. And, you know, he's just a, uh, he's a, he's a, he's a great guy, uh, great husband and father too. You know, he's he loves his family and he just, he's passionate about what he does. So I think uh, second shift now arch apparel and uh, if I could stick with the business actually, because, uh, and I, I won't go on a tangent here, but this is a business full of people like we were saying earlier, that, that can really kind of abuse and take away from the business. People who I don't have respect for they're kind of in it for the quick dollar, I, I was I was fortunate to work with him for him really, uh, but he owns now two locations. And a lot of people around St. Louis would know uh, Self Inflicted. And while it might uh, be peculiar to endorse another yeah. tattoo shop, not <laughs> my own, crazy. I don't care. Uh, it's uh, it's I, I endorse good people, good artists, and good work. And, and his name's Tommy Rath, and he owns Self Inflicted. Yeah, we, I worked with him when he was downtown on Washington Avenue. And a few years back, he opened up a location in uh, St. Peter's and they have both locations going on. So Tommy's somebody who has either in his doors currently or have come through his doors, just about any tattooer around St. Louis who can say that they're they're worth something, I think. think, Either way, he's had a lot of fantastic artists go through there. uh, And, you know, they're either still with him or they're people who've kind of come from that and take what they've experienced there and and, uh, opened up um, their own shops, and you know, and I get to fortunately be one of those. So, uh, but Tommy Rath and self-inflicted is um, a fantastic guy. He's given a lot of opportunity to a lot of people, and he just has my um, he has my respect for the rest of my career for sure. Just a good person. Yep. So, I'm de- those would be yep, my I'm definitely
0: going to follow up with you on those, especially maybe if I can get some free beer out of it. Um, I, yeah, we're, gonna yeah, we're a little bit over. It's been a great interview so far. Um, now, now we promote your business. How how does someone do business with your or with your company?
1: it's easy we just, i mean people can certainly come out obviously we know we're a bit further out especially from again we tattoo a lot of where, folks where all around to the city and counties we're in washington missouri i'm at eight thirty west fish street washington missouri and uh, you can find us on social media facebook just the washington tattoo collective uh same with instagram or my personal stuff is uh scarborough Ta- instagram um uh, scarborough tattoo Scarborough tattoo or gmail so it all starts with a simple point of contact and we go from awesome. there awesome
0: well kyle thank you so much for being on tonight again thank you to our uh, sponsors electro savings credit union where our business is your business and the national rejuvenation centers of st louis look better feel better be healthier kyle great show tonight i know we ran over but man that, that was some good stuff I, I thanks for coming on tonight
1: no, oh, I appreciate it, man. I'm sorry, uh, <laughs> you know, be a little long winded for you, but it was fun. I appreciate it. It was some really good questions, actually. I haven't had to answer those in a long time, so thank you, thank you for uh, for absolutely, out to man.
0: Me. Thanks, for, thanks for everyone for listening. Thank you again, Kyle. Everyone, have a great day or great night, whenever you're listening to this.
1: Yay!